BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Way back in 2005, two brothers set off on a road trip that would save the world and change television. Hardy Boys? No. Was no. was at least one Cassidy involved? No, that was that was more like 75. For 15 seasons and 327 episodes, Supernatural took audiences on a wild ride of family, fate, and faith with a rocking soundtrack and a seriously cool car. But that was then, Bobbo, and this is now. And yes, the show has quote-unquote ended, but we're not quite done with the journey. No, we're not. And that's why we're watching it all over again, or for Rob and me, for the first time, diving deep into every episode of Supernatural with the fine folks who made it. And we're taking you along for the ride. Whether you like it or not. I'm Rob Benedict. I played Chuck Shirley, a.k.a. God. Uh, spoiler! Yeah, it is a bit of a spoiler, but hey, spoilers are fair game here. I'm fine. And I'm Richard Spate Jr., and I played the Trickster, also known as the Archangel Gabriel. And I did a little bit of Loki work in there. Okay, you know we're running out of time. Okay, well, we'll be talking about the entire series, so whatever we say, accept it. You've been warned. So buckle up and settle in. Because this, my friend, is Supernatural, then and now. Hey, everybody, it's Rob Benedict. And my name is Richard Spate. And we are talking about Season 2, Episode 10, Hunted. Hunted, Rob. The name says it all. There's a lot of hunting by hunters. Uh Uh-huh, a lot of hunters and hunting. Well, let's get into the details of what that means. Dean tells Sam what Dad whispered in his ear. Ooh. That he must save him, and if he can't, he'll have to kill him. That's not what I thought he had whispered into. I uh, thought that what you had told me earlier was fact, that they're not actually brothers, and that was well, not what he said. I, I don't know. I've been watching the show the same time as you. I just assumed no, that, that was he was going to announce. That was hard to hear. It was hard to hear. But now this is easier to hear, that he's going to have to off his brother? No, that was, but that this was is better than we're not brothers, because I know he's not going to off him. You and I, I are not brothers. That's not bad news. Well, we'll get back to that. But anyway, Sam's upset, as am I. We're all upset. So he takes off and he heads to Harvell's and asks Ash to help him track down other people with psychic abilities. Ash gives him a name, but the person was recently murdered. Well, that's not helpful, Ash. Nope. Sam heads to the town of the murder in Indiana. He runs into Ava, who's been looking for him. She's been having psychic visions and came to warn Sam about his death. Sam and Ava steal the therapy files of the person murdered and discovered he had the ability to electrocute things he touched. That's shocking. While they were talking, suddenly there's a gunshot. That's shocking. Oh, boy. Gordon Walker is back, and he wants to kill Sam. That's bad news for the fellas, because Gordon did not like those dudes, not to mention the fact that the last time they saw Gordon, they tied him to a chair and beat him senseless. Mm -hmm. And it turns out he's a good shot. (laughs) Yeah. He's good, good at what he does. Dean tracks Sam down and is able to stop Gordon, but becomes his prisoner and bait to get Sam. Bummer. Gordon explains that while exercising a demon, he heard some chatter about the coming war and that people with abilities will be fighting for the demons. So, Gordon says Sam is fair game. Gordon is taking out people with different abilities. Oh, wait, like going out to dinner and to a carnival? No, like uh, having visions and electrocuting people by touch. <laughs> no, I'm saying Gordon is taking them out like, to a night oh. of the town. <laughs> I thought you were saying like people with abilities, like like they're good at circuses and they can juggle. <laughs> no. Uh. So he was the one that murdered the kid with the electric abilities. <laughs> yeah. <There we laughs> electric go. abilities. Sam arrives and is the what? The electric abilities. The electric abilities. <laughs> electric abilities. Sam arrives and is able to outsmart Gordon. 
The brothers escape. Gordon pursues them, but the police arrive and arrest him. The boys head to Ava's house. They find her fiance is dead. Her ring's on the floor, and she is missing. Well, oh there's lots gosh. to unpack here. <sighs> so but we're not going to do it alone. We, we've got someone to help us. We're not doing it alone? No, we're not doing it alone. Oh, man. So hold that taut. Hold that Hold that taut. <laughs> Pretty Hold, hold that. Ladies and gentlemen, I think I know who you're talking about, Rob. I think you. I think I know who our special guest is. I'm pretty sure I know because I read the agenda. Am I right when I say Brianna Buckmaster? Everybody? Yes, you are. You are right. correct. <laughs> Hi, Brianna. Good morning, Brianna. Hi, friends. It is a good morning. It is a good morning. I, I have my <laughs> special cup for you. Okay. Okay. She's just drinking. so you know, it's a podcast, as Rob likes to remind me. So you're going to have to read it. Okay, I'll describe. It is a cup that has boobs on the front. No nipples, though. Oh, no, there are nipples. Oh, great. And it says, burn your bra. There we go. There you go. Good advice for everybody. And then Valentina's already also wrote a note for you all, for those who can't read this. Fart. Fart. Fart in a number of different Different fonts. Fonts, yeah. So for those listening, Brianna Buckmaster, if you we shoot forward several seasons, we'll eventually play Sheriff Donna Hanscom. Hanscom? That's right, yeah. Which is apparently an actual name. Somebody showed it to me at a party. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, like oh, wow. one of the writers. One of the writers. It wasn't like a weird way to pick uh, them okay. up. Okay. Huh. Well, yeah, sometimes I guess they do do that. They maybe name them after like childhood friends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, we invited Brianna on to help us review this episode because it is a very, she plays a very a, a famous hunter. She's on the boys' side of the team, and this is a good hunter episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so let's dive into it. What, what do we think of this episode, guys? Well, I'll start. I'll start by saying anything yeah. with Sterling K. Brown. I mean, oh, I think Sterling on. Brown is so great. So yeah. it was a real treat to see him back. And I'm going to preface this whole episode by going: I have very little knowledge of this show, right? Other than the episodes that I'm in, because that's all I watch. Same. You understand that, right? Yeah, yeah. That's um, basically what we're doing here: is re-watching it for the first time. <laughs> right. I, I gotta, Brianna, I got to say, and it's just funny. <laughs> uh, we've had several guest reviewers: Matt yes. Cohen, Kim Rose, uh, Ruth Connell. To a person, and including Rob and myself, everybody starts by saying, I don't watch the show. It's not a really ringing endorsement on our part, all of us, who go town to town touring. Well, this is what I say. And let me get this out, and then we will get on with the episode. Is that when I do those conventions, I always preface it with, because I know the cast and crew uh-huh. Um, before I knew the show, I, it's challenging for me to watch the show through the lens of the characters right? right. as opposed to the actors. And right. you'll notice that when you come up in my review. But my question was, is this Sterling K. Brown's first episode? No. Second. Okay. Second episode. Yeah. He's so quite, they reference quite it in this. They reference in this episode, Dean says, last time I saw you, you were sitting in, a, in your own filth for three days because they tied him up to a chair oh, and yes. beat him up a little bit and just left him t- tied there. Oh, that makes so, sense why he's so angry then. Yeah. yeah no love right, lost right, between right. Sterling K. Brown and the boys. Gotcha, he's gotcha. a fellow hunter, but he's also kind of a... a Amoral uh, character, right? I mean, you yeah, say yeah. like, he doesn't share the boys' morality. So the, the sticking right. point between mm-hmm. them is that he, in the episode we see him in previously, he does he wants to kill all vampires. And the boys, they find this den of vampires who literally have sworn off humans are just eating cattle. So they're like, well, they're doing, the, they're doing their best. They've been afflicted with this thing. Let's leave them be. And Sterling K. Brown is like, oh, heck no. Uh, not only do I believe that we should kill them all, my sister became a vampire and I killed her. Before oh, she ever did my. anything wrong. Yeah. So he, he's got yeah. a dark streak to him. Like, oh, real, dear. He's, he's in it to kill the monsters regardless of the monster's uh, morality, and it was the first episode of Supernatural that sort of ad- addressed that. Addressed that, yeah, addressed that. Yeah, and I did actually think it was interesting of just the idea of kind of as uh, hunters, when people become hunters, they kind of become a part of an army, and with any malicious scenario, you're going to have some bad eggs. And I had it was I had never really thought about in terms of hunters were always in Supernatural considered to be the good guys, and this is a situation where he took it too far. Well, or I mean, let's talk, let's talk about it because yeah. let's let's talk about this episode. I think it. I one of the things I think is super clever is that they they do now they've taken the issue that they brought up in the previous episode and they turn it on Sam, right? So now the question right. is, 
is Sam, if you know Sam is going to be a threat in the future, is it morally sound to kill him now when he's done nothing wrong? That's the the issue on at hand. Now, Sterling K. Brown doesn't know he's going to be an issue in the future, but he's saying word on the street is now, you know, because Dean knows from his dad. or something? I think what the thing is, guys, is that uh-huh. Sterling K. Brown had been exercising a demon. We don't That's see right. it, like in a pre, you know, off somewhere else. And the demon told him the truth about mm-hmm. Sam. Now, Dean's, Dean's argument is, oh, you can always believe a demon. Duh. But Sterling K. Brown is like, no, this guy was telling me the truth. And Sam is, is a marked man. He's, a, he's got demon blood in him. He's somehow demonic. So he's got to go. Well and said, Rich. You really did your research on that one. <laughs> I did, right? Really It just job. came to me. Wow. I mean, yeah, right. Me. You got Wikipedia <laughs> open right there. And the Harvell thing. Uh-huh. What's the Harvell thing? Joe is, Harvell, right? Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> But that's what you said, Rob. You said that it was about location. Okay, so the when when Sterling K. Brown is saying we all have our connections there, it wasn't about Sam's story. It was, it was about, about Sam's, Sam's location. location. Got right, it. Exactly. Uh, so anyway, so yeah. So uh, and I don't know. Also, guys, I don't know if we've seen the last of Sterling K. Was this his last episode? Is he back? Because he's not dead. He's just arrested. I hope, I hope he's back. He's so good on the show. I know. Because I had a vision that he was going to eventually get this NBC show, and then you know his career is going to go. That's it's my nothing. vision. But once you're a hunter, you're always a hunter. True, true. Right. You know? True, true. So, so let's dive into this, Brianna. It's the first yeah. time you've really gotten to sort of unwrap the backstory of the boys from this far back, I assume, if you're not watching the show adamantly. So what were your thoughts on the episode in general, just as entertainment and as a story? I really enjoyed how little the boys looked and yeah. how many they sounded. Mm-hmm. I actually mentioned that to Jensen. And they, the dynamic between them is so fascinating, I think, because it seems so different when they're young. How so? When they're young, it actually, well, it, it seems like they are genuinely just trying to figure it out. They actually, there's something, I don't want to say cute, but there's something like very- Innocent um, about it? Or yeah, that- yeah. Because it seems like they're, as, as like young young men are, just trying to figure it out, right? And there is this sense of like, they also are masculines and they feel like they want to follow in their father's footsteps and they feel like it's their job to save the world. And as they grow older, as we all do, they bring in kind of all sorts of their their baggage. And so it's not that it doesn't seem as innocent when they're older, but it seems like- they're not interested as much in figuring it out. They're more just going, no, I'm right and you're wrong, which is an interesting thing that we all do when we're young, right? Yeah. 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 This is definitely the genesis of their relationship. I mean, we're yeah. only a few episodes into season two. Yeah. And season one, I mean, heck, half the first first half of season one is Dean convincing Sam to go along with him. You know what I mean? So we're- Oh, that's right. We're just now into this sort of now Sam's all in kind of story of the two boys. You know, they are still tied up too and like their dad- and they've just lost their dad and what that means. And, you know, they are figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Both both the the actors and the characters, I think. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, yeah, figuring that's true. It out. That's true. Yeah. yeah, that's true. From an acting standpoint, too, Rob, that's a good point. Again, to reiterate, I like the injection of a nemesis on the same team, if you know what I mean. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Sterling's a hunter. And I think it's we got into a heck of a debate last time when he was on the show about is he a bad guy or a good guy? Because I don't think it's as clear cut as, you know, he wants to kill Sam, ergo he's a bad guy. He has his hunter reasonings. You know what I mean? And I think that's amazing writing is when you create complex characters. And I, I don't know if they started his character thinking, knowing that he was going to recur. But when you can write a character that makes an audience go, I don't know how I feel about this. It creates so much juicy complexity for, um, it really keeps yourself from spoon feeding your audience assumes your audience is more intelligent and going, they're going to have to figure it out if, yeah. if they want him to s- succeed or not. Yeah. yeah. I didn't want him to succeed. You did not want him to take out Sam. I did no. not. No. Yeah. No, no I get, and I, I, get that. I knew that he wasn't going to. There's like, a part of me that. that also knew that he wasn't going to. I don't know what it was, but. <laughs> how? Rob, how? Because I've watched I episode five, six times. I don't see the clues. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I thought, uh, just get moving on from Sterling, I thought Ava's was a fun character uh, that, I, I, I'm assuming we get to see her again because it's kind of a yeah. cliffhanger at the end. Yeah, she was a great actress too. Didn't you feel a little bit like though she was doing her own movie? Like she, she was, came in yeah. with like a like a sitcom energy. 
It was, yeah, it she was did. a very she strange. It's a yeah. very, she, I think she's a Canadian actress. There was just a moment where I was like, this feels like a Degrassi episode. Mm-hmm. Not in a bad way, just mm-hmm. in like that style. And you what's, never know. What's like, Degrassi? I don't know what that is. Oh, it's like Degrassi a, is a very famous Canadian high school, high school TV show. Very, very it's famous. Like, like Saved by the Bell, basically. No, gotcha. no. It was very but dark. Very, drama, very dark. Yeah, that's drama. Yeah, <laughs> Rob, Rob, it's a it's a police high school, high school high school drama comedy comedy <laughs> exactly um, but I, that's not it's to her cartoon. like she could have been um, she could have been directed that way you know so well yeah, I just yeah. I, I, it, it absolutely she could have been I, yeah. it was because it was a massive tonal shift like all of a sudden she's like outside the hotel I was like yeah I'm outside your hotel like it just was so yeah. different than how we would see her. I mean, how we've seen the previous two yeah. thirds of the episode. When was this uh, shot? Which I could have looked up myself. Let me do well, that for you. I can tell you when 2007. it 2007. Yeah. 2007, yeah. I was watching, I was looking at her fashion and I was like, oh my God, this is oh, yeah. what all the girls are wearing now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, no, here's a question that. for that's you. The, those jeans, that's so. <laughs> With the belt. Yeah. yeah. Low cut. Did you guys pick up on. There was something revealed at the end that I didn't. If it was clued in in advance, I didn't see it. The uh, ring, uh huh. Like Sam's, like I she's engaged, ring. right? So that's how he knew she was Ava. Had she made a specific note about the ring? So she it, says, it, is it a clue in the she, in the? Yeah, episode? she's like earlier. She's like I'm engaged, and she'll yeah. You see and then at one point, like Sam goes. This is my favorite line. Sam's like, "We're all good here. Go back to your fiance." I was like, "Oh no!" Yeah. Yeah. Right, that's that's, that's what she not doesn't go like. Well. Yeah, so I think that that was supposed to be the clue is that she's changed. Was my because she was so like, I'm not doing this. I'm getting, I'm the, planning I'm getting a married. Yeah. yeah, and that's no, a good episode, Rich. Leaving of no, I thought the, it was really good. I, I I didn't love the tone shift. I I, mean, I gotta be honest. Like, I don't I, like I, your tone shift. I lo- I didn't enjoy. <laughs> the I fact go? That, like, this, <laughs> the Sterling episode was so good. Yeah, right. And like so dark and like right. approaching. I see. Right. I hear you. We'd gone through and and it just became. Almost silly. I'm gonna I'm gonna delay my my view of that until I find out where she goes from here. Like, do oh, we? Don't see we have it? to? Yeah, I, I totally hear you. You and, know what I mean? Because it's like, a cliffhanger, is and she... it's not a criticism of, of the actress at all. I, I don't think it's that. It's just I think directorial criticism of the show they, they as a, a whole. T- they made a tone shift that seemed really off off flavor. But the, as Rob like, brought up, there's a good chance that they made her so bubbly and, you know, a bit dim so that when she is, I, I'm assuming a demon of some kind now, yeah, it's yeah. so drastic and interesting. Yeah, that would be cool. Because yeah. next time we see her, she's like, Sam. Oh, she's like, you Sam. think she's a demon. I thought she had been kidnapped or something. I was taking it the other way. You think oh. she did the killing. I think she did the killing. Yeah. I think she did the oh. killing. Oh, it's cute. Well, you know what? Now it's the Robin Brianna show, and Rich is the guest. I didn't. I didn't pick up that she did the killing. I thought. I thought she. Oh, I thought that's cute. something happened to her. She's in peril. We could. Hey, Brianna. We we could be wrong. We could be wrong. Maybe she. But we're not wrong. No, we're not she's. Wrong. Really? She's the killer? Never, I'm literally never wrong. Though. But the thing Bummer. about it that's that's interesting is that she's having these same visions that Sam's having. Then why is she doing the visions? Well, the, the Aren't the premonitions that, usually about other things you're going to see happen? Yeah, yeah, but the people that are having the visions supposedly are people that the yellow-eyed monster demon is going to have in his army. And yeah, that's why right. Sam is bad. Yeah. Right. Right, so she gave in. The idea being like that. the, the guy at the beginning who's electrocuting people. Right. And did yell at I demon was trying right. to get him on the right. his side. Right. Oh, here's Theoretically, you're thinking that she up. got she got right. Ava on her side. Yeah. On his side. Right. How great was having Jefferson Airplane at the top of the show? Oh yeah. I was I, like, <laughs> it sets the tone for the yeah. I was like, oh, this is gonna be a cool episode. Yeah, like, yeah, it was yeah. Such a cool well, song. Oh, oh yeah, so cool. And and that song in particular that reminds me of Rich. Rich does a really good the Whenever, white rabbit. Yeah. You, I know. Oh, yeah? You sing that I, song, Rich? I always do that every time, like, if I- We're if in I'm San Francisco. Fun, if I'm making fun of somebody that I drug, think is high or drug in San jokes. Francisco. It's like, boom, 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 boom. But anytime you're like, how's the Is team, that Bobby? you singing boom, the song? Boom, That's uh, not yeah. super <laughs> Rob, do you know that the- uh, uh, Jefferson Airplane Trivia. Yes. But the rhythm guitar player uh, right. of that band, whose name I forget. Oh, the, his last name is Cantor, like Jeff Cantor. Or something. Uh-huh. His son is the guy who runs Stella and Cafe Stella. In no way. I was yeah. literally there yesterday, last night. Yeah, Gareth, uh, that's his dad. What do you know? Yeah. Huh. 
Okay, so bringing it back to the episode, um, it's time to give our our overall ranking of the episode. Uh, Brianna, Rich, and I rate episodes in beards. So uh, facial hair beard. formation, yes, yeah, like so. a big, full, big, crazy Jason Man bushy beard is like a great review. Yep. No facial hair is a terrible review. And okay, so it's between. just bad or good. No, no, and then you could be any formation. Okay, like you could okay. be mutton chops, mustache, All right. yeah, goatee, or and you can feel free to. Put your own spin on it. Yeah, like, you can yeah. use your own measuring what, stick. Kim if you want. Kim Rhodes did uh, tattoos. Tattoos. Ruth oh, ba- Ruth did tattoos. hex bags. So you could she do, did, you know, an episode you could do so what's something Donna. Bags. You could do handcuffs. I get donuts. Donuts. Do- yeah. donuts. Okay, I'll do it in donuts. Okay, so five okay. donuts is a great episode. Perfect, right? Listen, I think that this was a good episode, so I would give it. Well, I'd give it probably four donuts, but not only that, I would give it. I would. It would be an old fashioned donut. Uh-huh. Oh. Wow. And it also maybe one of them would be slightly undercooked. Okay. Because I feel like something is, you know, there's some coals burning. Yeah. So it's not, it's the very beginning of something big. Mm-hmm. It's not quite the thing yet. Mm-hmm. You don't wanna, you don't wanna devour that donut that's not ready yet. Mm-hmm. But you know it's there. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna keep an eye on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've forgotten about the episode, but I'd love to get myself a box of uh, donuts. <laughs> um, okay, so from from uh, from Brianna, we got four old fashioned donuts with one half baked. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> um, so I I uh, I give it a in the same way. I'm going to give it like um, like a, a person that's just decided to grow his beard out, but it's kind of patchy and it's just waiting to it's waiting to fill out. It's not quite there yet. And that's only because I, I really need to see the next episode, which I haven't seen yet, and where this goes with Ava and everything. And also, I'm, look, I'm concerned about Sam. Is, is, was Sterling K. Brown right? Is Sam evil? I don't know. Well, but what, what is this all leading to? That being said, I thought there were some really cool moments, cool shots. I like, I love the kid with the therapist uh, at the beginning. Oh, and by the way, uh, Bill Mundy, the guy who played the therapist, is an actor that I have worked with in the oh. uh, on stage. We were in a play together. That's great. Uh, he he, he works there. a lot with Dave Tuesday. They're they're uh, they're uh, his name's Bill Mo- Bill Mundy, and Rich can't uh, can't I can't say Bill Mundy without him saying Dave Tuesday. But you know what his favorite oh. dessert is a his favorite uh, dessert is a Sunday. Oh, so Jesus Christ, Rich. Yeah, it's time I for know. you to go night-night. <laughs> when, they order, when they order together, it's like Sundays for Monday and Tuesday. Sundays. For, Are you drunk? Monday, Tuesday. I think he might be. Um, anyway, so I'm giving it a, 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 a patchy beard that's about to be a great beard, but it's not quite there yet. Yeah. Okay, I'm going with the... Interestingly, I think I might like it a scotch more than Rob. I thought I, I thought this was going to go the other way. I'm going to go with a, a Benedict, a nicely trimmed short beard. It's getting a, It's getting a Benedict for me. Because I, I think it, because I love Sterling K. Brown, honestly. Yeah, oh, yeah. I love him too. He is so good, not just because acting, but I think the character he has is so complex and interesting. Yeah. So I'm going to go with a, a, a neatly trimmed, well-groomed, not, not you know, crazy, big, bushy Chris Stapleton, you know, perfecto, but a nice, solid Benedict Beard. Do you have, does he have gray? Is it gray on the- A little patchy, a little gray, a uh, little gray, okay. little sophisticated dusting of gray. <laughs> All nice. right. Very good. Well, Brianna, it was such so lovely to see you, to Aww, have you on. Please come back. What a wonderful back. way to hang out, you guys. Thanks so much for having me. I love you yeah. both. Well, you'll have to come back and do this with us again. Really, I can't really wait. appreciate it. I can't wait. Ladies and gentlemen, Brianna Buckmaster. We'll be right back. You can sense it calling out to you. New reality seeks you. Join the journey to save Anomaly. Place where sound is magic. The only way to enter the world is by looking inward. Along the way, you'll learn potions, chants, and enchantments that will help you both in that reality and yours. So, answer the call and let your campaign begin. Featuring the voices of Ruth Connell from Supernatural and Dead Boy Detectives. There are ordeals ahead, yet with guidance, you will face them head on without fear. Todd Stashwick from Star Trek Picard and Twelve Monkeys. When the time arrives, wherever your journey takes you, be there with no attachments. And R&B singer N.C. Gray. There are worlds, realms. 
dimensions and realities beyond yours. Anomaly is a role-playing meditation podcast that takes you into a world of magic and fantasy. You'll be invited to imagine yourself in scenarios such as learning to cast a tranquility spell or exploring a land vanquished by a dragon, but all connected by a shared mythology. The goal of guided fantasy role-playing meditations are to help you cultivate a sense of wonder, curiosity, balance and joy in your inner world. Role-playing meditation is a form of escapism and relaxation, as well as a creative outlet for the imagination. The first campaign is an introduction to the world of Anomaly, its lands, magic and secrets. In the eight chapters, you'll stretch your imagination, learn to center yourself, offer forgiveness, find confidence, relieve stress and stop racing thoughts. Your true self will emerge, allowing you to manage your goals and dreams without confusion, distrust or self-doubt. You can find it on Spotify, Apple and wherever you listen to podcasts. Or visit seekanomaly.com to learn more. Anomaly spelled with an I-E, not a Y. Seek Anomaly. Hear its magic. Thanks for listening. Now back to the episode. You know what I love? Yeah. I love when we get to interview somebody that is not only an integral part of the show, but somebody that we are really good friends with. That's right. And that's our person now. That's our guest today. Robin Stushnov, art department, assistant prop master for 15 seasons of Supernatural. That's a lot of seasons. That's all seasons, right? Yeah, yeah, on, on since the beginning. Uh, her other TV credits include The X-Files and Millennium. I don't know if you know this, but she just completed work on the Jennifer Lopez, Joseph Fiennes film, The Mother. Oh, well, that's exciting. Right? Let's talk to her. Hi, Robin. Hi. I want to let everyone else in. We're talking to our friend here, Robin, who actually had a job in Supernatural. She wasn't just our buddy. She no. was the pop... Assistant prop master. Prop, assistant prop master. Yeah. And uh, now, Robin, do you go by... There was a discussion before you got in the room. Do you, is Milstead your professional name? No, that's my husband's last name. It's Stushnoff, which I didn't know until this moment. Yeah, I got to be honest. Like, I told Steve he was a liar and he hadn't done his homework, that that's not your name. Uh, it's Milstead. I like to just, you know, keep people guessing, right? So Turns yeah. out... Milstead is not her name. Especially people who have known it. you for 15 years. Yeah, I use it. So um, I actually confused me. There was a bunch of supernatural people got together for dinner last night, and I made their reservation under the Milstead name, and they were all like, uh, no, that's not her name. Wow. Like, oh. Well, if you had said Stushnov, Rich and I would have gone to the wrong restaurant. <laughs> we were going to Stushnov's, the Russian no. uh, eatery. <laughs> but, uh, but we're not talking about that. We're no. talking about supernatural and I have to say that your job on set was, you know, was was more than just props. You also were like, I don't know. I always imagined you were more like, a, you helped the energy in the room. You know what I mean? Like, I remember when we did Don't Call Me Shirley, you're calling out, you had this whole thing where you would call out the the clapper. Yeah. You, the, the, na- the names of the scenes would be funny things that would make the, yep. the, we, the crew laugh. I did more than just my job on that show. Just over time, I started. Yeah. I feel. I feel like emotional support is a yeah. really key component. To emotional your- <laughs> for especially for the actors, but yeah, yeah, and for the crew. Yeah. Well, I mean, we all supported each other in different ways, right? So that was yeah. the, that was the family vibe. So before we get into this, uh, the actual specifics of of your nuanced job, I'm curious how did you and Rob meet? Rob, do you remember your first interaction with Robin? Do you guys remember your first interaction with each other? I feel like the first time we actually interacted was when I did the 200th episode. And, but it was like, you were like, hey, and we were like best friends right right from then. You know what I mean? Well, it's one of those things where, you know, we had worked together on whatever seasons you were there for. It's all a blur at this point. Uh Um, But then we kept hearing about you through the guys or, you know, and so- I felt like I still kind of knew you really well because I mm-hmm. would hear about you. So then when you came back, it was like, oh yeah, no, this is like, yeah. Yeah. 
When was the first time you guys met? First episode I did, Robin and I bonded immediately because I was first day of work. I had to eat a candy bar. You did. And and Robin was in charge of A, giving me the candy bars I'd have to bite every time. And then uh, I had the spit bucket. Wow. That'll, that's a bonder. Right? <laughs> that's right. a bond. It's a bond. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like how do you why are you friendly why, why are you so friendly with your proctologist how you two, how do you two um, now, so that's season two yeah, yeah. Robin and I uh, were immediately uh, friends from that moment forward that's amazing so Robin when it came to your actual job on set um, did you I'm just gonna ask you some prop questions sure so the weapons in the trunk obviously uh, just a just a uh, you can't have the weapons in the trunk. Without weapons in the trunk, there's no show. Um, is okay. that is that props or set dressing? That was props. That was all props. Weapons it, are always props. Um, here in Canada, we have all of our gun licenses and stuff, right? So they get they got rented from the rental house every mm-hmm. time we needed them. But then all the rest of the little dressing we just like kept on the truck, and sometimes we'd pull out you know a steak or something like that that we needed in a different scene. So yeah. All props. If I ask you this, what is what did you guys own? Because obviously you went, we we visited as viewers that that trunk a lot over fifteen years. What was permanently housed in the soundstage? In the truck, like we work out of a truck. Yeah, yeah. Um, everything yeah. in the trunk that wasn't a weapon was owned. You mean a firing weapon? Like, like what about machetes and that kind of thing? Did they get rented? No, as well, so or just was, firing was... weapons and um, the uh, throwing stars. Because for some reason those are prohibited in Canada as well. Interesting. Wow. Um, yeah. So, and I think maybe a couple of knives, like butterfly knives, if we had those. No. But everything else, like the machetes, were ours. The crosses were ours. The stakes were ours. I like Sterling K. Brown's pull-out weapon thing. Yeah, that was cool. That <laughs> yeah. was cool. Yeah. Was yeah, cool. in his car, yeah. and uh, and it's it's stocked. I mean, that this it's such such a great it makes yeah. you makes and you want one. It is a great use of space. You know what I mean? Like you never use that that right behind the front <laughs> no. seat. It's great. Yeah. Really smart. I don't remember what episode Dad's trunk was in, but Dad's trunk was like, yeah, really, that was like, like it had like slick. levels. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah, had it was levels. Super like, slick. It's like, and yeah. then there's an escalator you had to go down, <laughs> and there's a lower level. It was, it was like that when you open your your tackle box. Yeah, you know, exactly. It sort of slides yeah. back and reveals, but automatically. It yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> um, yeah. What about the evolution of Dad's journal over time? Was that a thing? Well, Dad's journal started on the pilot. Um, So it was done in L.A. And then we kind of made versions to match the one that we got from L.A. And then we would just fill in pages that for that episode or that creature. So it did evolve over time. And I had like little tricks to tell the boys which page to flip to. Like there were just different things in the book that I was like, oh, I could make this the marker so that they weren't flipping through eight million pages trying to find the right creature. So, yeah. So so naturally it was the same prop by season 15? Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. I think we That's kind of like we had three of them, but really we used the original. Like wow. the, I just had backups in case we needed it, or if it had to go to second unit to get an insert or something like that. But we tried to use the original. That's amazing. Well, listen, you were obviously uh, you know, because we we became friends with you, you were super close to Jared and Jensen. You're sort of a multifaceted key component of that crew. But I'm curious, how did you arrive there? How did you end up working on Supernatural? And well, it's a two-part two question. How did you end up working in your department, props in general? And then how did that find its way to Supernatural? I've always worked in props. My father was a prop guy. Oh, wow. So when I graduated high school, I needed a job. And at the time, the union in Vancouver was quite small. And my dad literally gave me the entire list. And I just went through. And I had done like, like stage managing stuff in, in high school and like local small community theaters and stuff. So I was like, well, I don't know what job I would do in film. And dad just said, well, just highlight everybody that's in the art department and just send them your like small little typed up resume. And so I did. So I sent out, I don't know what it was, like 50 resumes or something like that. And I had three people call me back and two of them were prop person and one of them was a set decorator. And I just went with the first person that called. And so I started working two months out of high school. I was a buyer on a TV show, worked three days a week as a buyer. And I went to college and took five courses the other two days. So Paid wow. for school. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. Wow. And then what, I mean, what a success story. I mean, that's amazing. I love that your dad was in props too. Like what a cool, did he, did he love that you followed his footsteps? Yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah. Okay. So then how, now you're a prop person, you followed in dad's footsteps. How do you end up at Supernatural? Through the prop master at the time, he called me up. I had worked with him a couple of other times. I didn't start at the beginning of the series. I, I think the fifth episode was my 
my first episode because I was working on a feature at the time and I was like, I can't do it. And he's like, oh, I'll find somebody to like fill in for you until you can get here kind of thing. And so I was like, all right, if that works for you, then let's do it that way. Okay. So what, it wasn't that somebody was permanent and left. They were never meant to be permanent. It was they were in your spot. Yeah. That's, that's when you know you've made it, Robbie. When somebody's like, you know what? We're just going to put in a, a shill, yeah. a stooge, yeah. just to do this job until you're ready. When you're, man, when you're ready, you just let us know. <laughs> and we will broom them out of here so fast. And you, you don't even yeah. know they were yeah. ever here, you know? Have you ever run into that person on the street? And if so, is it awkward? Uh, no, because he knew that that was the deal. He was there for wow. until I could get there. So, yeah. Yeah, but he's got to be like, he's got to be like, struggling to find work down the road and you're in a cush 15 year Probably. gig man he has had to be like that Whoa. guy i want to play that guy in the tv movie <laughs> about that guy um so robin um there are a lot of bones on this show so my my my, my question is two part one is like how did you what how did you go about getting bones how did you go oh there he goes again because i said bone <laughs> Yeah, because I said bone. He, I can't say the words like bone without him losing it. So you have human bones, uh, chicken bones. There's a there's a cat in, in in Crossroads. There's a cat skeleton. How do you how do Rob? You seem upset. Do you have a bone to pick with Robin? Is that? We'll, we'll be right back. Just to check. Um, so anyway, Robin, how did you do bones? How how are bones made? Are those real? No, you make them. And I guess my second part is how many props are made, and which are like do you find? Well, I was the onset, so I didn't do any of the prep work, but Got it. Uh, a lot of the bones were real, especially <laughs> the animal bones. Those were all, oh, wow. unfortunately. Um, and then most of the skeletal bones were not. So you're the onset prop master. That means that you, uh, you what? You organize the props for the day, what props we need for what scene and deliver them to the actor and that kind of thing. Right. And keep the continuity of like when... You have right. to, when you don't and stuff, right? Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. But you've had to, I mean, I know, I, you know, I think we've all sort of been there either as actors or as, in my case, directing it, where sometimes there's a there's a gap in that plan or, or something needs to change because you guys get a pretty full arsenal standing by for anything that you might need. You know what I mean? For the unplanned, oh, crap, we need, can they have a mixing bowl or we got to fix something Right. I mean, that's I assume that creative process is also part of part of the expectations of your job, I, I assume. Yeah. I mean, you just you, you try to be the fixer if something goes wrong. Like if if the director has decided on something and then on the day they're like, well, that's not actually what I wanted. Can you figure something else out? So you just do. One of my favorite parts about knowing Robin well and is going into directing. If when I pick the props in advance and I show up on set and Rob would be like, you picked this platter. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. And she's like, okay. I'm like, well, what platter should I pick? What did I do wrong? And sometimes it's because she really felt like I should have picked something else. And other times it was just to get inside my head yeah. to F yeah. with me. More times than Someone not. Someone needs to. Yeah. Mission accomplished. It'd be, it'd be boring if it was just like, here's what you picked all the time, right? I don't know if we said this yeah. out loud yet, but Robin is a lifer. Robin's worked on the show from the very beginning. She's one of the few people at the end of, of the last episode of 15. You took a picture, right, of everybody who was the lifers. And you're one of them. And that's a that's a big deal. And by the end of it, you were the life and blood bloodline of that show. I really That set, I really feel like. The um, bones, if you will. Yeah, the bones. There you go. Bring the it bones, back. Yeah. Is there a favorite <laughs> episode or favorite memory that comes up for you in the 15 Well, my season? favorite episode is one of you guys didn't like it was the benders. Rich didn't like it. Yeah, I had a, right. I had a, I had a little yeah. uh, issue with the My benders. thing was, the thing that I like about the benders is that it was people. It was real. It was yeah. really what happens and this, it has happened out in the world, right? Yeah. So I liked the realness of that. That yeah. I think it's way creepier to be mm-hmm. afraid of something that could actually happen to you than right. a ghost or a demon. I mean, not to say that but there are ghosts that's... out there, but like I had, don't have a lot of experience with them, so... Well, that's what I was saying. That's that's operating on the idea that like other people who are infatuated with with ghosts or the or otherworldly creatures, the reverse would be true, right? Yeah. Like they they're like, oh my god, of course I've I've had things go bump in the night, and oh my gosh, they knew exactly what how to tap into that. But I see what you mean. I mean, there is something even this is a different. It's not an episode about Sterling K. Brown, you know, being the bad guy of the episode, but his sort of moral ambiguity is almost scarier to Sam and Dean because he's a real threat. Yeah. Like 
He's, yeah. you know, he's hell bent on taking those boys out for reasons that he feels like not just because he's quote unquote bad, but he feels morally yeah, justified. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a cool switch scarier. too. That all of a sudden we go, wait, are we rooting for the bad guys? You know, when Sterling K Brown is like, you, we got to kill Sammy. Sammy's the bad guy. And you're going, wait a minute, is Sammy the bad guy? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I knew it. Um, <laughs> so uh, is there a favorite prop that you've had contact with? Um, I should have thought about that. And I can't really think of a favorite one. I can think of ones I didn't like. Okay. Tell me. I yeah. Was, uh, the, the angel blades drove me a little. Why? They, um, when we used the real one, cool. The, the true metal one. The fake ones did, weren't but sharp at all. Fake ones weren't sharp. Fake ones broke all the time. If you dropped it, it would shatter. It was just Oof. like, it was hard to keep those things. And that, but by the end of it, we, like everybody had one. <laughs> Like, right. Well, that was the thing. That was the thing we'd laugh about is in, like, and then of course they all killed men with you guessed angel it, blades. angel yeah. blades. Like there, it used to be a coveted yeah. weapon that was hard <laughs> yeah. to find, right. or there was one. Right. Well, I mean the the Colt, the the original Colt gun, that yeah, played a big role, I guess, in seasons two and three, two, two. Um, that thing was cool. Did I like it? It was difficult because it's just a difficult gun to deal with. It has this whole little locking mechanism that you kind of have to futz with and you have to line things up perfectly. And if it doesn't line up, then it won't, the barrel won't click over. And so it was just, you know, and the, and you, when, when I'm dealing with weapons or when most people in Vancouver are dealing with weapons, you're showing that it's clear and safe all the time. Well, this, you couldn't break it open. You had to take it apart and then show. Oh my gosh. And then put Ooh. it all back together. Back together. And then it's Ooh. like, you know, Kim and Phil are like, okay, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, trying to get this. Oh God. You've got a you've got a loop Kim. on your eye magnet. <laughs> trying to exactly. screw together tiny screws. One of those exactly. small so. screwdrivers you use with eyeglasses. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, those have been used. Well, she, I would, she's a reassembling the watch. Yeah. yeah. So I mean it was cool. It was a very cool gun prop. And I like what they ended up doing with it, it being the key and stuff, but just dealing with it on a daily basis can be a little bit finicky. Yeah. Okay, so we have a, we found an article on Screen Rant, you know Screen Rant, uh, at listing the ten most iconic props. We thought, who better to run them by than you to see if you agree that they are indeed iconic okay. props? Okay. Here we go. Number ten, Dean's amulet. Is that yeah. iconic or not yeah. iconic? Yeah. All right, Rob, hit them. The first blade. Here's number nine. Yep. Yeah, sure. Iconic. Yeah. I mean. Okay. One thing I like the first blade. The first blade was always a really gruesome looking tool. I question how sharp it is because it's it's a it's a jawbone with like four. Yeah, exactly, it's a, it's a exactly. donkey's jawbone. Yeah, yeah. It's creepy. I mean, I'll give you that. You go to somebody's house and you're like, "Can I get a knife?" And they hand you that for yeah. butter. You're like, "Ooh, yeah." I'm out. It looks. I'm, I'm not sticking around. For it looks more like would, a chopping but, board. Right. Yeah. Like a was, cheese board. Yep. Yeah. Can I get some more of that brie on that? The one next to the molar. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it, it was really, uh, but a creepy prop to be sure. Uh, number eight, the cult. It's super iconic. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Iconic. For sure. Yes. The Impala and its license plate. Does that count as a prop? Um, well, that's, that's a good the question. The license Where, plate does. Okay. Yeah, but not the, not the, Where Impala, the, Impala, the Impala is, a, is not. Who controls the Impala? What department controls the car? Uh, well, it falls under transport, but under picture cars. So. Picture cars. And that's under, that's a sub level under transportation. Under transportation. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't, I don't know if I knew that. Yeah. But for some reason, license yeah. plates are still a holdover and they're still props. We have to always play. Interesting. So. Okay, Rich. It's two to two. All right. You ready? You already know this one too. Number six, Angel Blade. Iconic? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's a well, non, that's a, I think it's because there's so many. I'm going to go with no because there's too that's many That's my of them. problem. Like when, just yeah. like when Misha first, I think it was Misha that first had it. I think I'm not quite sure now. And when they were was like, oh my God, there's this weapon that can help that's never been used before and never been seen before, then it's iconic. When mm -hmm. you go to the corner store and everybody has one, it becomes less iconic, right? Right. When, when you when you go to blades and stuff <laughs> exactly. and get yourself the angel yeah. model. Yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> uh, okay. Number five, Ruby's demon killing knife. Yes, iconic. For yeah, sure. great. Yeah. That's a good yeah. it's a quick iconic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John Winchester's That's journal. Super iconic, yeah. For sure, yeah. Yeah. Were you ever worried you're going to run out of pages? Like, if you kept adding stuff to it? No, because it's a three... You're saying no, but I think you were really no, worried. not at all, because it's a three-ring binder. You just add more pages. Uh, oh. It wasn't like a... See, you didn't, you didn't say that. 
I thought it was well, a I thought finite you've seen number the show. of pages. Have you not seen? Not a fa- not a fan of the show. I, I'm not watching the <laughs> That's show. That's the point of this podcast. We're just watching it for the first time. It's in my contract. Right. Well, <laughs> if you ever watch the show. the show, and I, um, to be honest, uh, it was actually yeah, yeah, you on your high horse. I am throwing she the never yellow watched. flag. Oh my god! You haven't seen the show. I can't. I can't. I just can't take it. I got to overturn. You are a liar. I'm not a liar. Nobody watches the show. Nobody watched the show less than Robin. No. Nobody. And you would, in your hour of need, if you were me, you'd go to her and like, I don't, what should I use? Because, you know, an episode, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I don't watch the show. Can't help <laughs> <it."> <laughs> that is not true. That, that, <laughs> I, I lived the show. I didn't watch the show. So. Right, but, right. That's what you said. You said. You go, I did. I was here for that day. Yeah. I did not watch the edit. I don't know how. Yeah, like I, I, I kind of skimmed through the episode. Um haunted that we were going to talk about um and all i can remember is just the stuff that happens behind the scenes or where we were and like what happened that day well that's a perfect no we're going to finish this list but i want to know what what funny or interesting memories did it jog for you yeah yeah Uh, as robin rich remembered their job (laughs) from this episode (laughs) specifically or yeah yeah yeah. um this one yeah well i think i'm pretty sure this one um, was the first time we ever saw the sulfur on the windowsill. Yes. Oh, okay. And um, it was a, um, nobody had thought about it kind of in pre-prep. And then it was like, oh, we need something. And so um, my assistant at the time was Carmelita. And I was like, Carm, go to the store, see what you can find. So she came back with a couple of options and we picked one. And then that became the sulfur for the rest of the, the show. Wow. Which is what? What what was it? What's your secret recipe? Well, it's a secret. Ooh. Damn it. Something like you can find in a grocery everybody. store. Let's put it that way. Ooh, Rob is a grocery. Yeah. I bet you it was eggs. It looks like cumin. No. Nope. nope. Cornmeal. Nope. Uh, <laughs> do we say cornmeal already? <laughs> <laughs> can somebody guess cornmeal? No. Um, okay. The, the dandruff off the checkout guy. Nope. <laughs> I, number three, death's yeah. scythe. Which is hard to say if you have a lisp like me. Oh, right. man, that's it. Robbie, I'm so glad you said that and not me. It's iconic, but it, I mean, I think that every time death's used kind of anywhere on any show. Yeah, I don't think it deserves so it's not, number three. It's not iconic to Supernatural specifically. Let's say. Yeah, it, it doesn't deserve number yeah. three. Yeah. Okay, so two, two, there are two disagreements so far. Number two, Bobby's Flask. Bobby's flask. Wow. That's a a loaded yes. That's a loaded yes, yeah. Bobby's flask that I'm pretty sure we never saw Jim Beaver hold. Ooh, Ooh, interesting. A little Hollywood trivia. Yeah. Or Canadian trivia. Um, Um, Isn't Bobby Flask the name that she calls you? Oh, no, it's Daniel Trask. (laughs) No, Bobby Bobby Flask is your nickname, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Why has no one ever called me Bobby Flask? Oh, I got to write that down. That's great. Flask never seemed big enough. I'm going to change the contact in my phone now. Bobby Flask. <laughs> to Bobby Flask. Yeah, that dude, Danny Trask and Bobby Flask, they're detectives. There you go. The it's show writes itself. Flask writes isn't itself. big enough. <laughs> Bobby 40. Okay. It was going to be Bobby Wineskin. Yeah. <laughs> um, Castiel's trench coat. Not props. Not but. a prop at all. And this is the number one prop? <laughs> That's number one. Wow. Uh, not a prop. Not a prop. Although it was used as a prop once. Uh, it was now, when, did, when does the trench coat become a prop? It only became a prop Wait. when um, he returned in whatever season this was, and the, tr- the trench coat was in the trunk of the Impala and was Oh, my God. Away. Okay. But not this is like the age-old... This is like the age-old like chicken or the egg question. Like, when is a trench coat? Right. A well, that's a good. But if I'm at a table in a scene and I take my jacket off and put it on the back of this the chair, and it's it remains there, you do, that's not a prop. No. You take your what? My jacket. <laughs> Sorry. Wait, what are you doing? I forgot who I was with. I take my windbreaker. I feel like your list of iconic things should have been reversed. Yeah, I do too. Maybe yeah. we accidentally read it in reverse. We don't that, know. No, I think this is. I think it's how it appeared on the on the screen ramp. But listen, it's good that we don't always agree with. Uh, <laughs> and then the number one, the number Debate. one prop of Supernatural is not a prop. 
Castiel's church. <laughs> that is that is so funny. I would reverse oh it. God. I would say that the amulet was is probably one of the most iconic. Um, yeah, to come out of Supernatural. So yeah. and that Listen. that amulet was a um, that came from the pilot in L.A. and right. only one of them came up, and we only had one for a very long time. Hmm. So. Then you somebody produced more at some point. Then eventually we got um, the maid. Yeah, we can, we we finally had a moment where we were able to. T- Dean wasn't working, so we had a moment to cast it. So once we cast it, we then we had rubbers and stuff. But Jensen unfortunately had to do a lot of stunts with this heavy metal spiky. Oh wow! Amulet for a long time. Yeah. Nice. Well, I you know I know these things are iconic because I sign them nearly every weekend at these conventions. Like all of the, the these props are things. Are you oh, yeah, I've signed, signed, I signed the trench coat all the time. Trench coats all the time, yeah. So, uh, a lot of, of scythes going So big up to table. the uh, wardrobe department for that one. But um, <laughs> no, but I did. I, I signed scythes. I, I signed journals and knives and angel blades and amulets. But signed what, li- lots of I license mean, plates. Aside from an, am, or an angel blade, those props weren't yours. I know, but we all oh, sign them as people, a piece of the They show. collect like all the autographs right. onto one item, got it. for example. Got it. You did that for me. You got everybody to sign, or you said you did, but it was not true. <laughs> oh, Rich let someone else down. This is <laughs> a segment was, of the show we call no, Rich Let You Down. I didn't ask Get in line. But wasn't it you that like got at a convention said that everybody signed something for me? I can't remember what it was. I, guess yes. it was I signed right. it. I signed it for you. I wrote right. something real but sweet But I can't on remember it. what it was. I think it was just your guys' headshots, I think. I'm not sure. Oh, all that's all right. I remember is that you said that Jared signed his own, and I was like, there's no possible way. Because he Jared had a nickname for me, and he only ever used that nickname, and it was signed to Robin, and I was like, nope. Not terrible. Uh, well, you know what? I, I'm going to tell you something. I think he did sign it to you. I think he thought it was a generic Robin. I agree. You. Because oh, a lot of times I've seen them, they hand him things like, this is to Carrie, this is yeah. to Lisa. Like it goes through Robin. a factory of just yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Well, he didn't realize sense. it was you, Robin. Yeah. 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 He would never have used your actual no. name. Please. He introduces himself to me every weekend. So, <laughs> yeah, Robin, if there's anything else that you'd said or before, as you're re-watching it, you sort of made you think about have memories any other memories oh lots of them but a lot of them i can't say ah. um <laughs> that's it's part of being the gatekeeper right ah, um right uh i do remember because jared still had his broken arm at the time so yes that was an ongoing thing we had to have so what a- was the timeline for that because i feel like did it go away and come back or did he have it for no, all no, these no. episodes he had it for i mean he wore his cast for two Maybe it was three months. It was a long time because he had surgery. Like he he, he broke, he broke his, the hell out of his hand. Oh yeah, he. I didn't know he had surgery. Oh, yeah. yeah, he broke his hand. Oh. Um, I can't remember what I know exactly when it happened. And it was it was a he fell off of a bed and broke his hand. But because in we, a scene. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember what episode. And then he because we had to finish that episode, he couldn't have a cast. So then by the time he went to cast it. They then he had to have surgery. He broke. I can't remember what the bone is called, but then while Jared had his cast on with this very specific bone break, uh, my assistant Carmelita also broke her hand in the exact same spot. And then the two of them had their cast, and then the set deck guy also broke his exact same the exact same bone. So all three what? people broke their hands in the exact same spot within this three month period. That sounds like something that Sam and Dean would have to go investigate. <laughs> Yeah. It was a little strange. That's, I mean, I've heard of like, oh, an actor wore that hat and then a bunch of people bought that hat. Yeah. No, they. To break a specific hand bone and start a trend. <laughs> right? The power Crazy. of Jer- Jared Padalecki, man. Yeah. That's um, what it but is. we also had like <laughs> yeah. fake casts because we had to have the stunt people had to have casts. So we had like Carmelita, oh, wow. before she broke her, her hand, she learned how to put casts on people. So she would cast like the stunt people or whatever. This is an um, eventful season for her. <laughs> she, you know, she basically was the, the 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 reason that we have the whatever stuff that's on the the sulfur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She got the sulfur. Yeah, and we used to kind of they would start it or they would just finish it, and it would all be done off screen. But this was a big wide, so he had to actually do the entire salt circle himself. And so uh, we took photos of him doing it, and then we jarred it up, made labels, and he took it to two conventions and auctioned it off, and made a ton of money for charity. But it was used salt that was on the floor. Put wow. In, put it in a mason jar and 
fetch thousands of dollars. So I would have put in a bid for that. No, no. Go figure. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, I mean, it says something about the fans too, right? Like they are dedicated, dedicated. Yeah. I, they love souvenirs, and I understand why. If you love the show, it's cool to have something that yeah. you're seeing on screen. Heck yeah. I mean, I, that's the same the reason I buy band t shirts all the time. This is a Tom York shirt I'm wearing right now. It's, yeah. Um, the, I, I know we're going to have Robin on again because she yeah. knows everything about all the episodes, all the fun behind the scenes details. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have her again. And she's our buddy, and it's fun. Well, you also were, and also to toot your horn, you're, you're also were a, uh, like I said before, like the lifeblood of the crew and the experience as an actor. You're a friendly face. You're, you're yeah, honestly, I could turn around and see you holding the boom and be like, not surprised. You know what I mean? You really kind of did everything, yeah. including, as Rich said, sort of keeping our spirits up. So thank you. And it's, you know, it's uh, love having you on the show. You got to come back. This is fun. Hey there, this is Jared Padalecki, and I hope you're enjoying the episode. But we got to pull over for a second for some messages. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? What would you do? Would you go for a run, take a nap, read a book, watch Supernatural? Maybe all the above. Or maybe it's that thought that brings in a sense of panic. I mean, the question is, what time for what? If time is unlimited, how do we use it? Sometimes the hardest time for people who work every day is the weekends. When people are faced with a choice, if I've got this free time, what do I do with it? If this rings true for you, maybe therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy for many years now, and I talk openly about it. I still go to therapy um, about once a week, and it's just such a nice time for me to to have that free space to to try to figure out who I am. Really, and what I really want and what makes me happy. It's super important and often neglected taking this time. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient and flexible and suited to your schedule. So all you do is you fill out this brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and then, oh, get this. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge because they want you to be happy. That's what this is about. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash S-P-N-T-A-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash S-P-N-T-A-N. Hey guys, it's Rob. So check this out. I'm very pleased to announce that we have a new super sponsor. That's right. Marvel Strike Force. So Marvel... The one and only Marvel has a mobile game, and it's a comic book fan's dream. Marvel Strike Force is it's a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. So, okay, so your goal is to power up your favorite characters, and you complete missions, and then you unlock fun stuff like gear and other resources. And then you beat other players in a PvP, player versus player mode, such as Alliance War or Real-Time Arena. So as we, as I record this, they're enjoying their six-year anniversary. So you know what that means. Free stuff. Free stuff, just for signing up via the unique link in the description. So the anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses. And if you complete each event, you can receive special rewards and skins. So make sure you log in every day, each week. You take advantage of all the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out. We've received a unique promo code for every new user, so please follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. That's M-A-X-P-O-O-L. All right. Thanks once again to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. Thank you for supporting Supernatural then and now. And now, back to the show. Well, that was so fun to talk to Robin. I, honestly, I could do that all day. She is just whip smart and super funny and uh, knows a lot about the show, especially 
because she drifted around and hung out with all departments, she knows a little bit about a lot about everybody. Well, yeah. Yeah. She's kind of like the, uh, I don't know, the supernatural whisperer. You know, she kind of like knows all the secrets and knows all of us really well. I think the supernatural whisperer is exactly the way to describe her. Yeah. Much like Brad Creaser, you know, talks about being first camera and being having an intimate relation with everybody because he's the first one there next to your face. Right. Uh, Robin has the same kind of relationship. But let's talk, uh, let's get back into this episode and talk about the mythology. 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 So precognition, clairvoyance relating to an event or state not yet experienced. That's a Merriam-Webster dictionary uh, 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 definition. This is, there's no scientific evidence or proof of precognition, but many people do believe that it's true. Oh, uh, really? I wonder why. Well, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, there's stories and, and beliefs about premonitions and precognition that date back to antiquity and cross cultures. You know, I bet the reason why people can't, that's a tough thing to prove because right. if something already happened and you say, oh my gosh, I saw that in a dream, people are going to go, yeah, you saw it in a dream. You, it happened. So you just right. are now, your dream is now conforming to what you already know to be fact. Right. Like in a way you'd have to, it's like Nostradamus, right? You'd almost have to scribble it down in such detail or communicate it in such detail that when it actually happens, there's some sort of correlation or proof that you didn't know in advance and now you were correct. You know what I mean? One of the most significant publications to influence modern ideas about precognition is An Experiment in Time, written by J.W. Dunn in 1927. So the first half of the book is mostly a record of Dunn's dreams and tries to make connection that these were visions of the future. Well, the second half of the book is about a plausible theory to prove that dreams are visions of the future, Rob. The basic theory was that our waking life only allows us to experience linear time. But while dreaming, we're able to enter a fourth dimension where time isn't experienced linearly, a theory called serialism, huh. which and goes great with uh, toastism yeah. and eggsism. <laughs> I was going to jump in with this very similar serialism joke. <laughs> what was your serialism joke? Tell me uh, yours. It had, it had to do with, uh, I thought that was about eating Honey Nut Cheerios. Oh, that's good. Every night before you go to bed. I've got serialism. See, that's a great joke. <laughs> uh, how about a little bit of trivia? Fun facts. Fun facts. I'm laughing because it's fun. Funky Town, this part made me laugh, actually, because I remember Funky Town so well, is Dean's code word for when he's in trouble and at gunpoint. And I know that that had to have come from the early 80s hit Funky Town. Won't you take me to Funky Town? Won't you take me to Funky Town? That's the one. Um, and uh, it just made me laugh because a lot of these references are really from Eric Kripke's era, you know, like even when, when uh, well, they'll call each other cop names from 70s and 80s cop shows. Right. I don't know. Talking about uh, code words, Rob Benedict, and I'm not making this up. Rob will, will vouch for this. Rob has a safe word for when he's being manhandled by his burly, strong friends and it's getting out of hand. It's a safe word. I think you came up with yourself and it's banana hammock. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> that's true. I know. It's not a joke. <laughs> if you get Robin a chokehold or do something and you're big and strong and he feels like he's about to pass out, he starts screaming banana hammock. <laughs> and there's so many things wrong with that statement. And you can hear about all that in our other podcast. Rob's but therapy. Lots to, yeah, exactly. Lots to unpack there. But it is true. But banana hammock. When Sam and Dean are running from Gordon as he's shooting at them, they jump into a ditch. Jensen actually fell into the ditch. The producers liked it and kept it. Oh, wow. There we go. Add a little realism. Yeah. While Sam and Ash are talking at the bar, the amount of beer in the glass changes as the scene cuts back and forth. And that's because Sam and Ash were drinking real beer and were hammered. <laughs> I added that part. I wonder, though. On the DVD, there is an extended scene of Sam and Ash at the bar. In the scene, Ash is hitting on a woman. As she walks away, he shouts at her, Give me some sugar, baby. This is a popular line spoken by Bruce Campbell's Ash in the film Army of Darkness. Oh, wow. I wonder if that's something that uh, that Chad improvised or if that's, uh, I, I guess, a, uh, the, the writers must have done that. It sounds like because it's a Bruce Campbell thing. It's and, probably, it's, and his uh, character's name's Ash. Yeah, a lot yeah, of thought. An homage. That. Yeah. You know, I, back to uh, Dean Falling, I was directing an episode of Walker and Jared is doing this violent shootout at a racetrack and 
he was being shot at. So he had to sort of move behind this pile of rubble to uh, hide. And as he did so, he tripped over a piece of lumber and fell while still shooting. He stayed in character. The scene was amazing. The moment was amazing. It just felt real and visceral. And I immediately thought to myself, I'm using that in the uh, cut for sure. And I'm fired with the two things that came to my mind immediately. <laughs> well, I thought, you know, Jared's down. He, he's hurt. Uh, this is my last episode, everybody. Been been a real treat. Right. But, you know, you know, we talked to, talked with Robin about him breaking his arm. And, like, I could, I remember there's a scene from a few episodes ago where he, it's broken. And he's, like, walking to the car. And his arm is, like, obviously, because they had to finish it. But it's, there's a scene oh. where it's obviously hurt. Right, right, right. Um, but anyway, uh, there's our fun facts. That's it, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. This was a this was a fun one. So fun to talk to Robin. Oh my God, I laughed so hard. Rob, you were on fire in that interview. It's one of your funniest. <laughs> well, I hope some of it is uh, is uh, worth keeping on. What a great what a great episode. Stem to stern. We had Robin. Yes, we also had Brianna Buckmaster and her unfettered review of the episode. That was super fun. Well, thanks to both of them for joining us, and thank you to you for listening. Thank you to you. <laughs> that's that's true. What you say is grammatically correct, but that's a crazy statement. Thank, thank you. I could have. Thank uh, you. Thank you. you. Listen, everybody, follow the podcast, like the podcast, hit the little heart button and tell your friends about it. This episode of Supernatural features Jared Padalecki as Sam Winchester and Jensen Ackles as Dean Winchester. Guest stars included Sterling K. Brown, Chad Lindbergh, Samantha Ferris, Catherine Isabel and Bill Mondi. My friend Bill Mondi. So happy to see him in the episode. He almost uh, got replaced by uh, Bill Tuesday. But they thought that Bill Monday... Poor Bill Monday has heard that joke his whole (laughs) life. Haunted was written by Rael Tucker, directed by Rachel Talalay. Editing by David Ekstrom, music by Christopher Lennertz. Executive produced by Eric Kripke and Robert Singer. The original broadcast of this episode featured the following songs in tiny font. White Rabbit by Jefferson (laughs) Airplane. Lonesome Stranger by Carrie Bell. Supermassive Black Hole by Muse and Sludge Truck by Bad Poodle. You know, when he said supermassive black hole, I thought that was just more of a commentary, not a title. But there you go. (laughs) This episode originally aired on January 11th, 2007. This episode of Supernatural Then and Now was hosted and executive produced by Richard Spade Jr. and Rob Benedict. Produced by Stephen Hine, written by Stephen Hine and Heide Holscher. And edited and associate produced by Trey Booty. What's up, buddy? Music provided by Tim Wynn. This episode was recorded with the help of Sonic Fuel Studios. This podcast is from Story Mill Media. Follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at SPN Then and Now. While they are talking, suddenly there's a That's gunshot. shocking. Yeah, but what is it? <laughs> Is there a delay or is that just bad timing? It's just bad timing. It took me a second to think of it. (laughs) Last night I dreamt I was pregnant. And guess what? (laughs) The test is in. You're an asshole. Now I know. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to cut out. I had last night I had I dreamt I uh, I was pregnant. We are not cutting out. It's all going in bloopers and it's hilarious. Come on, Robin, come back again. Maybe. I'll think about it. If Bobby Flask asks real nice. <laughs> you, Bobby Flask. I've never called Rob. Bob, Bobby Weinstein. Bob to me because no. we have a Bob. We have a. Yeah, yeah. And we, we almost have a Rob. I mean, when you and I are on set together and people are going, Robin, Robin, I'm always turning around like, huh? Huh? Oh, well, I oh, answer oh. to Rob too. I've always yeah. answered to just Rob. Yeah. So, yeah. It gets confusing. Yeah, it's confusing because there's, mm-hmm. there's a Bob. There's a Bobbo. And there's a Bobo. Well, I'm the only one who calls me Bobo is you, Richard. Yeah, and you shouldn't, Richard, because it's not right. Rob's name. That's that's. But Bob's. Then I, I understand, but I just found out recently that Rob also likes going by that's the not nickname true. Bibby. Well, it's because no I one ever know. ever called me so that. So anyway. I'll I'll go with Bobby Flask because it is. <laughs> go with Flask. yeah, just call yeah. me Flask. Yeah, <laughs> Flask and Trask. <laughs> Flask and Trask. <laughs> yeah. I do like that. That's funny, ladies and gentlemen. Robin, enter <laughs> your last name here. Robin, Robin. Well, you know, the last name, the, the last name that most here. people know me by is just props. It's Robin. Props. Robin props. Yeah. There you go. Robin props. There you go. Robin awesome props. Guys. There she is. Story Mill Media. 